Yo, what's good, everybody? I want to let you guys know that the summer collection of the standard is officially out. You guys can get one of our brand new Haymaker suits as well as one of our foundational suits. And if you're a guy who already has a ton of suits, we also have the standard membership package just for you. Guys, go to theaffluentstandard.com, link in the description below. I look forward to seeing you guys tap into the standard and let's get started with today's video. We think we're in a circle where there's all this congruency of value to where there's no overlap. Everybody's giving to everybody, right? So nobody's having, you know, too much being poured out of the cup, mm -hmm. right? Because it's continuous. Yeah. But then what really ends up happening is we're the one pulling all the weight. So what ends up happening is that circle keeps getting stretched farther and farther and farther. And instead of having the closeness, we realize that there's this big distance. There's this big gap. And the farther we try to stretch it, the anchor's still there. Yeah. And it is until we let go of that thing. Mm. Right, that we're really able to get to where we need to get to, I think, as, as men. And it's tough. Yo, what's good, everybody? This is our feast, and welcome back to another episode. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I am glad that you guys are here. Today we're recording this. This episode is going to be dropping Monday, July 25th, and you know what that means. It is the brand new collection of the Standard Suits. You guys know I've been talking about the Standard all this year. It's my new luxury suit company that creates communities of extraordinary men, and we are here with our brand new pieces that we call the Haymakers, guys. So if you want to look fly, if you want to look amazing, this summer and going into the fall, you need to tap in and get a standard suit, but more than suits. You guys know what the standard is all about. It's about building communities of extraordinary men, linking up with great men in society to accomplish great things. And I'm excited to bring back to you guys another great man, somebody who's brought so much value into my life, my business partner, the co-founder of The Standard, the CEO of The Affluent, the style connoisseur himself, please welcome back your favorite, the one and only, Joseph Hines. Brother, my man, appreciate it. Always a pleasure yes, uh, to, to be here, man, and I'll always love when we're able to link up and, and have these talks, man, because I think a lot of value... Uh, always comes from them, man. and it's uh, always good to, to get, get, give the people a, a little bit of a, a switch up, especially yeah. we got the new clothes on for the standard. Is that part of the summer collection as well? Yeah, so this actually is going to be a part of the, the, the summer collection as well. Of course, you got the drawstring trouser, which I think is, is one of my favorites, especially going to spring and summer. You got the versatility. You can wear it as a full piece. You can wear it as a separate. The drawstring pants you can also wear with tennis shoes. So I think it gives guys a lot of a versatility and just a different look, man. Mm. Listen, man, fellas, these suits are limited edition. I'm telling you, yep. it's going to go quick. So if I was you before yeah, I finish yeah, yeah. or I continue watching this episode, I'm going to go ahead and tap in because when they're sold out, they're sold out. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think it's important, too, right? Because when guys hear like haymaker suits, right, yeah. they're always like, what are they talking about? So yeah. I, I think it's important that we explain. Go ahead, please break it down to why people. we call these the haymaker suits. Yes, right. Sir. So. Like in every fight, I like watching boxing. Hopefully, if you guys are boxing fans, you'll be able to follow me. But in boxing, right, there's two main ways to win a fight, mm. right? 
First main way, right, is you got the jab, right? First main way is you got the jab. Second main way is you have the haymaker. Now, let's be honest, right? In boxing, the most effective punch oftentimes is really going to be the jab. It's low effort, slow output, right? You don't have to throw a lot of effort to put it in. But eventually, right? <laughs> and, and, and look, we've given guys a jab. We've, we've given them the navy. We've given them the black. We've given them the gray. We've given them those essential, right, efficient pieces, but we know what everybody wants to come and see, yes. right? Everybody wants to come and see the haymaker, right? Because that's honestly, that's what really gets the people going, right? When you think of Javante Davis, right? All these guys where people love him, even Muhammad Ali. What people really talk about, mm. right, at the end of the day is the haymakers, right? When, when you see Ali standing over the guy, right, with his fist, right? right? It's the haymaker that did that. And mm. again, with this collection, man, it's nothing but straight mate, our straight haymakers. Pieces that when you go out, they're going to knock people out, right? They're going to get the people going. And they are going to be those jabs. And granted, we got the jabs for you, but yeah. we, we really thought, uh, especially for this launch, it was really important to kind of give people a different look, give them something that was a little bit more exciting because, again, we've already given them uh, those essentials. So guys, if you're wondering what the haymaker is, that that's what it is, right? So again, if you're looking to knock people out, if you're looking to make that impression when you step out, uh, this collection especially, I think, is going to really do that for you. Nah, I love that. I love that because to me, it kind of makes me think about the trajectory of the roommates mm -hmm. because I think we did an amazing job, Chris and I, of laying down the foundation for men. Mm -hmm. We spent years talking to every single person from the, the late Kevin Samuels to Dr. Jordan Peterson to the Jose Zuniga to the Charlemagne the Gods, all kinds of guys, right? You have AMS on one side and Devon mm -hmm. Franklin on another. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we literally helped and provided as many resources to men to be able to give them the foundational mm -hmm. tools to be able to build their lives and become their best version physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. And I'm beyond grateful for that. But like you said, there, there was, there's a lot of guys who already gotten the foundational parts of life situated. Going back to boxing. Like if you've ever boxed before, the first thing that you're going to learn from a great boxing structure is your feet. Because all punches come from the feet. Mm -hmm. Once you get your feet on point, then you work the jab. And then at the very end, then you work the haymaker at the end of the combo. And so to me, for the guys who already got their feet planted firmly, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And who have the foundations on point, now it's time to really make an impact. And you do that by throwing yeah, the, haymaker. Yeah, yeah. the haymaker. And so <laughs> we've had the pleasure this year of really getting opportunity to meet a lot of men. Because I think the argument is, for a lot of guys, mm -hmm. easy for you to say, and you don't know what it's like out here. That's mm. an argument for a lot of guys. Yeah. And so what what's the most exciting is I said, you know what, 2022, I'm not even focused on growing YouTube. I'm not even focused on getting views. Like, if, if the people want to be the kings of YouTube, they can have that crown. I don't, eat, I don't want it. But what I'm focused on is meeting every single man who is serious about leveling up. I want to meet the tall guys, the short guys, the young guys, the old guys, the out-of-shape guys, the fit guys, the wealthy guys, the guys just making it by, the guys in the Midwest, the guys in New York City. I want to meet 
every kind of guy, black, Hispanic, Arabic, Muslim, Hindu, Christian. I want to meet every kind of guy and I want to hear your story. I want to learn from your experience to be able to better service the people. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, nobody has sat down and actually build with as many men as you and I have done. It's one thing to do a live show like I did a couple years ago and to call in a guy, hear his problems for 20 minutes, maybe talk to him for like five minutes. But it's another thing to say, yo, for six months to the foreseeable future, I'm going to intentionally invest, build, learn, grow from you. And I think to me, I'm really excited about talking to you today because you've been through this with me because I feel like there's a perspective on the state of men today and solutions for men today that we can honestly say, bro, no matter what age, Mm -hmm. no matter what ethnicity, no matter what income level, no matter what physical shape level, no matter what spiritual condition level, no matter what emotional health level, we have seen this work. And these solutions is what we freely want to give to the other men who are equally as serious as leveling up. Yeah, man. And I I think that's really important because there is sometimes this disconnect between what's being said and what's actually happening. And of course, you know, when you get into the Internet, there's there's a little bit of of hyperbole there. Mm. But I think for us being able to actually talk to these guys, being in the field, going to events, seeing you know, seeing life happen in real life, I think it gives us a very a different perspective. Because at the end of the day, life's a contact sport, yeah. right? You, you got to get out there and get busy. Mm. You know, you, you can read about karate all day, but until you get in a fight, right, it, it really doesn't matter. And I think for us, we are in this really unique position to where we're out there, we're fighting every day, and we're also along other men who are fighting, right? And we're able to hear their perspectives, right? And also give, give advice, Right. On the things that they're dealing with and in real time, be able to see how that advice is working out in their lives and is able to impact them, which I think is amazing, whether it's been through your story of a man course, whether it's been through the perception economics course that I'm teaching, whether I mean, it's even been through the masterclass Mondays where guys are learning how to, you know, tighten up their finances. Mm -hmm. Right. How to apply for jobs if they want to go the entrepreneurship route, how to do that, how to go the real estate route. I mean, we're seeing real time what this looks like. Yeah. And that's what I've been most excited to see. You know, and uh, you know, I can't wait a year from now when we have all these case studies yeah. of the guys that have grown, that the, the income that's been produced from this group, the, the transformation, you know, the before and afters. I mean, we were looking at the other day, like the pictures of how the guys came in the group, what they're wearing before, now what they're wearing after. I mean, we got a couple of guys in the group that are lookbook monsters, mm. right? Any lookbook we throw, they're, they're copying into the T and they're coming to the events and now we're able to see them like, wow, these guys are really growing their style, their presence. Um, so these are the things for me and I, I know for you that, that have just been really exciting and I can't wait, especially as we continue to grow the community to see the, the impact yeah. that's going to happen because of that. Nah, I absolutely love that. I think to me also there's this thing that happens, and me and Francis were actually talking about this concept, Mm -hmm. where the more successful a guy gets, the more disconnected he gets from the actual people that he's servicing, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this idea where there was a time where Drake was making songs that the average guy could relate to. (laughs) You know what I mean? And now some of the things he's talking about, the cars, the the location, I'd be thinking it's speaking Spanish, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because 
now you've gotten to a point where you're so disconnected. And I mm-hmm. think, like, talking to the, the rock stars, like the, yeah. you know, the freaking Tom Bailey, who literally sold his company for $1.5 billion, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, talking yeah. to guys like that, talking to, you know, guys like Aaron Marino, who's been an OG on YouTube for over a decade, talking to all these guys who've been crushing it and killing it has been amazing. But then to really be with the guys who are not the celebrities, you know, some of them mm-hmm. are, you know, you know, you have the Jose's who are part of the standard shout to Jose Zuniga. But more than that, you get to talk to just the, the guys who are, I don't want to say the average everyday guys, but they're, mm-hmm. they're non-celebrity guys. They're on the platform. Yeah. And to be able to see them and to be able to connect with them and be able to build with them and to really be able to, understand truly what's going on and something that stood out to me was I sat down one day and I was thinking to myself I was like bro what is the most helpful piece of advice you would give a young man because I would always ask men who came on the podcast the same question the 25 year old guy he's at home he has no money. He's living with his mom. He doesn't have any motivation. He's out of shape. What would you tell him to do? Mm-hmm. I talked to a young lion, Stephens Coley, gave me an answer. I talked to the godfather, Kevin Samuels, gave me an answer. I talked to the OG, you know, um, alpha male strategy, gave me an answer. Jordan Peterson, Patrick, but I asked almost everybody that same question. And I said, man, how would you answer that question? Because I think there's, a, there's two kinds of guys who are going to be watching this video, and I want to give value to both of them. The first guy is in his 20s trying to figure life out, Mm -hmm. trying to get things going. He sees your life. He sees my life. He sees the content. He's trying to get here. And I want to address him. And it's also the guy who's in his 30s, if not late 20s, who's doing well. Many of the guys in the stand who's successful, who's doing well, but wants to take his life to the next level. I want to address that guy as well. And then there's a very special part at the end I think you guys will enjoy as well. But to the first guy, the young guy, I talk to so many young men. And I hear a common theme to guys who struggle the most. And I I really want to, like, man, I have so much compassion. And I think sometimes the guy at the bottom gets no respect. He gets disregarded. I want, I really want to give him the most value possible. And I ask myself the question, what is the common theme in his life? What does he tell me that he lacks? Mm. And every single guy tells me he lacks motivation. It is the most consistent theme. They, they're on YouTube. They have the content. They have the messaging. They know about the gym. They know these things. Telling them to work harder, they know it. But they lack the motivation. I thought about two things when it came to the answer. Here is the honest to God truth. There are men like Kobe Bryant in this world who have the Mamba mentality. I saw how you had a poster about it Mm -hmm. in the bathroom. The Mamba mentality. And those guys wake up in the morning and they hit the gym 5 a.m. Nobody else told them to do it. They're dieting. Mm -hmm. No one's telling them to do it. 
They're hitting the extra weights after practice. No one's telling them to do it. They come to practice 30 minutes early. They shoot 100 free throws. No one's telling them to do it. They're staying after practice before they hit the weights to shoot 100 three-pointers. No one's telling them to do it. Late at night, they're watching film. Nobody's telling them to do it. Those are the Mamba mentality guys. They do not lack motivation. I was hearing about Jason Tatum's story, which is why I realized he relates so much to the Kobe because mm-hmm. he has that mentality as well. But a lot of the guys, if we're being honest, don't have the Mamba mentality. So I want to pause right here mm-hmm. before we continue because the guys need to realize this. How do you expect the Mamba results without the Mamba mm-hmm. mentality? We'll get to that later because I know they didn't want to hear that. They, they still, they say, I, I, I know that work harder level. Blah, 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 blah. Give, I want information, so I'm going to give them information. How do you get the Mamba results without the Mamba mentality? And the only way I have seen it happen is in the context of a team who has the Mamba mentality. Mm. Though you don't have the Mamba mentality, if you can get on a team with the Mamba mentality, it spreads. So you may not be able to wake up in the morning, but what if your teammate drives up to your house, knocks on the door, yo, we we hit in the gym. You may struggle with going early to practice. One of your teammates is like, yo, hey man, get dressed early. We're about to go to practice. Though you may struggle with wanting to go ahead and shoot 100 threes after practice, your new teammates is like, bro, hey, I got you. Hey, bro, man, we got to stay. I'm going to work on the threes. I'm going to get all your rebounds for you. Mm-hmm. Though you may not be able to watch film late at night, hey, bro, you got an extra spot in my house. Come spend the night. Let's go through film, get you on point. We, we're ready to go. If you don't have the Mamba mentality, just by being next to the Mamba mentality, you get the Mamba results, i.e. Steve Kerr, Mm -hmm. i.e. Derek Fishers. And that's the thing that I know for a fact. How many guys right now, if they had adult weight training, where one of their friends came and picked them up and took them to the gym, where they have an entire workout program prepared for them, could get in shape in six months to eight to eight months. Mm-hmm. It's the team if the individual can't achieve it by himself. Yeah, no, I, I think that's so true, man. It, it's this idea of of culture, right? There, there's you know, as human beings, I think we're pack animals. Mm. And the need to perform with the pack is a very, very strong influence. So, again, if you get a, if you get within a certain team or certain pack and they have a certain culture, there's this idea that, man, you are going to be held accountable, mm-hmm. right? Like, like there is no not going to the gym. There is no and, – and funny enough, this is a true story. This literally just happened. We were in our, our circle of fitness text group, right, that mm-hmm. my, my trainer made. And one of the guys in there, Terrell, he was basically like, hey, like, what are you doing tomorrow, right, to work out? So, of course, they go leg day. He goes in the group, ah, nah, man, I twisted my ankle. I, I, I can't make it tomorrow. Literally, <laughs> as soon as he said that, whole group said, nah, 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 you're coming. We'll find something else for you to do. You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No excuses. Yeah. Right? And immediately he goes, okay, I got it. I got it, guys. 
But again, it, it's it's that culture, that level of accountability to where it's like, nah, man, we, we coming to find you. Mm-hmm. We know where you stay at. Yeah. And don't be posting on your story if you're not coming in the morning to work out with us. So I, I think it's that idea. And, and also, I think there's this, there's this ability of leveling up your standards that the team and the community will give you. So to your point, even, even for the guy who may be thinking he has the Mamba mentality but might not be getting a result, he's thinking he's doing a lot. He's thinking he's doing more. There's something special about getting around a group of guys who's actually doing more that raises your perspective level. And you've heard me talk about this, right? And it's no secret. I've been on this weight gain journey, right? I've gained about 20 pounds, almost getting to 25 now. And eventually when I first started, my excuse that I would always give people why I couldn't gain weight is I was like, I have a fast metabolism, right? Because mm-hmm. they're like, Joe, just eat more. I'm like, bro, I'm, I, I eat a lot. Trust me, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I just have a fast metabolism, right? And I always was having this excuse, man. Like I eat a lot. I eat enough, blase, blase, blase. Until about six months ago, I started training. Shout out to my trainer, Timmy. Started training out with them. And I started asking these guys. I'm like, man, so like, you know, like how much have you ate? Mind you, when I asked him this, it was about 6 a.m. in the morning. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I've had about two eggs, had the protein shake, had a couple bananas, had some oatmeal. Um, yeah, that's just to start off with. And then, you know, I'm about to have about four or five. So I'm like, what are you having? What? And then you having the mask in on top of that. But what I realized is what my perspective of more was, it wasn't more, man. Mm. It wasn't more, yeah. right? Like I thought I had the mama mentality and then I really got around some trained killers and I'm like, ah, this is it. Mm. And again, I think there's so many guys that they have this perspective of what they think more is, right? What they think a lot is. And because they're, they're lone wolves, right? Until they join SEAL Team 6, <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't realize that what they thought was a lot really isn't anything. That's average. Mm. And that's what I think is so powerful about this idea of, of a team, of a community, of being around guys who, who want to do more, who want to be more, who want to have more, similar to what we're doing with the standard, because it opens up your perspective. Again, I remember another conversation I had with one of the guys at the standard, and, and he was talking about how, you know, in his friend group, right, he thought he was a guy that, you know, everyone's coming to him for advice. And he just didn't feel as motivated. But then he was like, man, I had a conversation with Dre, Mm. right? And he was telling me how much he had invested, how much he had in his account. And all of a sudden, I'm like, man, what the heck am I doing? You know, it was okay when I'm looking at, you know, you and fees because you guys are a little bit older than me. So I'm like, okay, I got some time. But then when I'm, I'm speaking to another guy that's 23, 22, I'm seeing what he's doing. Like, bro, that lit a fire underneath me. And that is I think the, 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 the key to like really what community to do because look, man, awareness manages arrogance. Mm. And part of the problem is a lot of people, we, just, we aren't aware enough. Mm. And that's what the community will give us. Wow, man, that, that, was, that was so powerful. Right now, I just finished reading a book. You're reading this book called mm. Traction. <sighs> Huge game changer. Fire. If you're running a business, any of my guys running a business, get that book ASAP. We recommended it to the guys in the standards. And he talked about this concept of 90-day amnesia. And he says what happens is, in his opinion, human beings can focus on something for 90 days. And then after 90 days or 
close to 90 days, you start forgetting what has happened or what you promised or the goals mm. you have set. So, for example, New Year's resolutions. January, all right, I want to lose 20 pounds. What's going to happen come April? What's your resolution again? Uh, I think I wanted to lose like 15, 20, 12, I forgot. I forgot. So he, he said what happens is that even in great organizations and teams, you make this mistake and you forget the things at hand. Mm. So what ends up happening is that he said that's why leadership teams every quarter need to have a quarterly meeting. And this quarterly meeting is a reminder of all the things you set at the beginning of the year. So instead of having New Year's resolutions, no, you have three-month resolutions. Mm. And then you have three-month resolutions that are going to be held accountable to your brothers. Mm. Like you said in that previous conversation that we had, no one wants to be the guy who showed up and didn't do his part. Mm-hmm. Class project. All right, we're making a volcano. Joe, you got to bring the baking soda. <laughs> Everybody bought everything. We're ready to do it. Where the baking soda at? Oh my gosh, I forgot it. Nobody wants to be that guy. So he describes that these meetings and these reminders and being held accountable at that moment is what actually propels you to goal setting. So he, he juxtaposes it and he says, you know what? Give me your 10-year goals. Then let's do three. Then let's do a month. Then let's do a quarter. Then let's do, no, not a month, I'm sorry. 10 year, three years, one year, quarterly goals, monthly goals, weekly goals. But he says those quarterly meetings every 90 days will wake you up. And what I've noticed, Joe, I cannot tell you how many guys are on fire for less than 90 days. Mm. And Patrick Bed David, bro, he had, um, I'm telling you, sometimes I'd be watching his stuff <laughs> and it'd be, and, and, and it's scary, yeah. but motivational at the same time. He said, the difference between the top 1% and the top 20% isn't who can work hard. Everybody can work hard. It's who can work hard the longest. Because some people, he describes, function at 90% mm-hmm. on their bad days to go down to 10 and go back to 90. Everyone can do 90. But for some people, their bad days go to 60. People with their bad days go to 40. People with their bad days, bad days go to zero. But what happens is by setting these 90-day reminders, these grouply reminders of having to sit before people and to share what you've called your, what you were called to do, it sets you back on track. And I was like, I remember this last guy that we called on the phone. I'm not picking on him, but we were, I was asking him, like, yo, with your fitness goals, who do you work out with? Uh, I know where you're going. He said, <laughs> if I need a spot, I ask my mom. <laughs> I said, bro, I said, what guy in your life is helping hold you accountable to these goals? Have nobody. Imagine that. I'm like, yo, 
Imagine that. How in the world can you achieve? Bro, because we all know what's going to happen. You've experienced it yourself. You were crushing it in the gym. 15 pounds never before. Results. You got sick. <sighs> Lost about five, seven pounds. Most people know what happens to them, Joe? They give up. Opposition, obstacle. Been about, ah, oh, man, day 85, I got sick, man. Threw off my schedule. Now I can't. Now I lost the weight. They're done. What did you have? Community. Mm-hmm. Hey, Joe, when you feel better, back in the gym. Monday, 6 a.m. See you there. Help bring you back on track. And That's so bad. to me, I think those are some of the things that it breaks my heart how many men are missing that today. Yeah, man. I mean, and, and again, it, it's, it's, it's weird, but there's also this thing as well. And, and, and I know we'll talk a bit, a little bit about it later, but there's also this community to where you get so locked into your thing as a man that you become this Island, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of being a bridge, you become an Island and you get so locked into the things that you're doing to where you forget about the points of connectivity, right? And, and you talk about it, right? It's like, you know, you start playing those money games. You, you think that's the only game. And then you look up and it's like, bro, you're drained. You have no one else you can call on. You have no one else you can share the wins with. Mm-hmm. And to me, I, I think what, what makes life life is contrast. And if you don't have any contrast or people to share things with, there's really not a lot of meaning mm. to the winds, right? Mm. There's no point in being a gladiator if there are no spectators, mm. right? So, so like, you know, it's this idea of, of, of you, you need the balance to really give life the meaning. And if you're doing it just by yourself, no one around you, what's the point, man? Because nothing's better when you have friends that you can share your wins with and then they share the wins with you. Mm-hmm. There's so much joy that comes with that. There's so much energy that comes with that. Because even if you're having a little bit of off day to see a man's get a win, there's something that, that, that does something to you. Yeah. Right? You know, it, it, it lets you know, man, I got to keep going. Mm-hmm. Right? Because nobody wants to get lapped. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're running in a group. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You don't want to get lapped. So, so, so that one person's pace, is, is go- that's why it's easier to run with the group because everybody can kind of keep the pace. Mm. Right? And, and that's, again, when it goes to that community, man, it's going to help you keep pace. Mm. So you don't get lapped. Now, that's real. And then my thought process was about the guys in their 30s, late 20s, Mm -hmm. who are doing very well. And there was this line that I thought about that was so powerful. And it said, good is the enemy of great. Mm. And what I realized is, especially in the black community, a lot of guys have the whole team on their back. A lot of guys, they become very successful, but then there's no one around them who's successful. Mm -hmm. And so now they're spending all their time trying to motivate, encourage build up, lift up their boys to get on their level. 
But think about it. It's like a race, like you just said. If we're running in a group and five of my homies are out of shape and I don't want to leave them behind, what must I do? I must slow down. I must now stop what I'm doing to make sure that they and I can run together. Mm-hmm. And this is the most common thing that I see. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I share to these men, do you not know that you are running with anchors on your feet? And, 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 and we wonder why we're not progressing. You're running with anchors on your feet. Because your family, your friends, the homies, the day one that you're so loyal to, and I, and I commend the guys for it. Those guys are holding you back. You know, it, it's funny, and, and shout out to uh, Dex for this. You know, I was having a conversation with, uh, and you've met Dex in the barbershop with Deems, and we were having a conversation. He said something that really stuck with me. Mm. He said, you know, Joe, a, a lot of times, guys, we think we're in a circle till we realize we're pulling on the weight and it's really an oval. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's yeah, a bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I started thinking about it. And to your point, that's what happens, man. We think we're in a circle where there's all this congruency of value to where there's no overlap. Everybody's giving to everybody, right? So nobody's having, you know, too much being poured out of the cup. Right, because it's continuous. Yeah. But then what really ends up happening is we're the one pulling all the weight. So what ends up happening is that circle keeps getting stretched farther and farther and farther. And instead of having the closeness, we realize that there's this big distance, there's this big gap. And the farther we try to stretch it, the anchor's still there. Yeah. And it isn't until we let go of that thing, mm. right, that we're really able to get to where we need to get to. I think as as men, and it's tough, like emotionally. We were talking about on that last live, like to leave leave guys that you've known, right? And then there's there's that social ideology as well, social pressure there to where it's like, man, you got to stay down with your day ones. But and there's that survivor's remorse as well. Oh my God, yeah, you know. But but to your point, and I've heard you talk about this, is like you you, you have to show me some progress. You have to show me that you want it as well. And if you're not showing me any forward progress, it's like I'm not going to continue to try to pull a parked car. Yeah. At least put it in neutral. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to move a little yeah, bit. Yeah, put yeah, it in yeah. neutral, but, but you have it in parked. Mm. You know, and, and a lot of us were trying to move parked cars, man. And we can't do that. Tires skidding across the mm. ground. Like, it's, that's not a fun process whatsoever. Facts. You know, so that's kind of always been been my feel for it, man. Yeah, nah, man, and I and I think I think to me that's that's part of the conversation, which I love what you were talking about how being around the guys, you know, it opens your eyes and then also gives you an opportunity to just be a guy again. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a lot of guys in the standard who you know, low key celebrities and you know, doing yeah. very well. And I think sometimes you want to be in a room. And this is why people move to L.A. Mm-hmm. when you're successful. You want to be a- around people yeah. where you're a person again. I forgot um, Patrick Bed David knows all these freaking islands. But he went to like two <laughs> private islands. And 
one of the islands, he said um, he was there and, um, you know, Tom Cruise was there and a bunch of people were there. And, he was, and then he was at some other place where he was again with a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. And he was like, nobody was asking for autographs. Nobody was asking for pictures because everybody was somebody here. And it was a place where you can be successful and just be a regular human again. And what I realized is a lot of dudes who are doing well and succeeding, they're no longer regular humans. They become like the superhero father individuals mm -hmm. who now their job is to take care of everybody. So when people call them, they need something from them. To the use of the only phone call, hey, man, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. Then on top of that, they have to put on such a persona all the time because they have to, maybe they're politicians, maybe they're CEOs. They can never just let loose and be a human again. Big I feel, bro. Exactly. You know, and I feel like a lot of men long for those days. You long for those high school days where you just, uh, where you're, I'm, not a, I'm not a millionaire, I'm just a guy. You know, I'm not this A-list actor, I'm just a guy. And a lot of the guys in the standard, I feel like they, 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 they love that part of being able to be with the brothers again, especially like what we do with the experiences. You know, these three-day experiences to get away and to just be with the, with the fellas and just to be a guy who can just hang out, cut loose, and just not have to be the boss. I was talking to um, Dakota, shout out to my guy Dakota in Boston. You know, Dakota has a team of over 40 guys. You know, young guy crushing it. But he's always has to be on ten. He's he's the pre manager. He got a, you know a team leader. I'm sorry, he has, to, he has to be in charge all the time. They need him. He's picking up the phone, putting out fires. For him to just be able to sit down and just be like, bro, you enjoy life. There's no fires here. And that's what I realized why people love country clubs. Mm. He gets to be a, a person again, and just and just chilling. You know, everyone here is somebody. So therefore, I, I gotta I don't gotta put on a, a, a persona. Yeah. I don't gotta be Mr. Hot Stuff. Everyone here is hot stuff. And like that's exactly what I'm so excited about creating. Cause I feel that way. Because I know if I'm being honest, I share like 10% of my ideas online. Mm -hmm. The rest of like 80%, 80 to 90%, I share it in private to the real people. Like mm -hmm. when I do interviews, I'm, I don't ever push back on people. You know, with Candace, maybe ask a few questions, but I'm not really, I'm never really sharing my ideas like that. There mm. come a day when that comes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we're come not doing Like, even the, the yeah, pepper yeah. soup was really mild soup when I was yeah. giving it. Yeah. <laughs> but then I want to be in places where I can really let loose and have real conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not worry about being judged, not worried about mm. people not understand the context, be able to just have man talk mm. and um you can't do that online obviously because yeah. you know <laughs> cancel culture and all that nonsense but i just i just i think so many successful guys that's what leads to a lot of depression mental illness because you, you you have to put on a cape for so long yeah and there i, I don't think that there's not a safe space and it's it there, there is a certain level it's draining at a certain level to have to account for so many perspectives in a conversation, mm. to have to give so many clarifications before the main point is made. Yep. Right. 
and even for myself, like I, like I, I'm, I'm pretty aware when, when I communicate, but there is a certain level, like it's tiring to have to account for all these perspectives. Yeah. And to have a place where guys can come and have conversation that's a little bit more unfiltered and everyone in the room knows the base character level. So they're not having to give these prerequisites before yeah. things are being said, I think is important. Especially now, I mean, th- there's so many unpopular conversations mm. that it's hard for guys to have be- be- because they're going to get chomped at the bits for. But and, and there's a lot of guys that are privately suffering mm. in a lot of marriages, especially Sheesh. because they don't feel comfortable enough to have these conversations without being shamed. Mm. And there's not a lot of places that they can really go to talk to, mm. you know, or even talk about them. And, you know, that's what's even been cool for us because, man, we have a lot of those. And the stand, right, we get on those Discord channels and, like, we have a lot. Even the guys calling us privately, right, on the phone. We have a lot of these conversations, and that's where, where I think there's so much value because, to your point, it helps guys decompress so they don't get into that depressive state because mm. they can't talk. Yeah. Nah, that's that's really powerful, man. So we talked about this. I, I told you I'll, I'll think if I wanted to do it or not. <laughs> yeah, but we're gonna have one of these conversations. This is a topic I usually never talk about my real ideas publicly, but for the sake of this episode, I'm gonna give it to the people. Before we jump into the topic, <laughs> for those that it may be too spicy for, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also want to add that Joe and I realize that there's a lot of guys who have a ton of suits and who are like, yo, I got a bunch of suits already, but I want to be a part of these conversations. I want to be a part of this community. I want to be a part of this network. I want to be around these guys. So we've also created the standard membership package. Now, here is something you need to take advantage of. Because with the standard membership package for this launch only, you do not have to pay yearly fees. In the future, there will be yearly fees for the men in the standard like any organization. But for the men who sign up for the standard membership package, you pay your one-time fee, lifetime membership. But it's only a limited amount. So if you are a guy and like, yo, I want to be a part of this. I want to tap in right now. FluentStandard.com. Go ahead and get your membership. And I'm telling you, you will be grateful you get tapped in early because the waiting list is long now. <laughs> Wait till it is in the future. So tap in real quick. And if you want to continue with the real pepe soup, let's continue. <laughs> let's talk about this. And if I'm being 100% honest, I was actually going to talk to Kevin Samuels about this. Mm. We're going to have a conversation about this. It's a long story. I don't want to get too much into it because he's gone. But we're going to talk about this. I wanted to, talk to him, wanted to talk to him about this topic. Because I've been hearing a lot, especially with, you know, shout out to Andrew Tate. (laughs) (laughs) He's going crazy. (laughs) Also, re brought out this conversation about successful men, top tier men, masculine men, 
alpha man, whatever word you want to use nowadays, mm -hmm. how they are going to cheat. And this is a conversation that we are always talking about. So mm -hmm. many layers, so much nuance to it. Yeah. And I want to give the men a taste of the private conversations among the guys in the standard. Just, just a taste. Because there's so much to unpack about it. So I'm going to share a little bit and we'll, and we'll start a conversation. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> what people need to understand is that there are two ways of living your life. There is the natural way and the supernatural way. So for all my religious people, especially all the Christian women or people who mm. are interested in this from a religious perspective, they have to understand there are two natures, mm -hmm. right? Even Sigmund Freud even broke this down. Biblically speaking, this, they call it the spirit, the flesh, natural, um, um, natural, supernatural, id, ego, whatever you want to call it, right? What people have to realize is the world exists in a natural way. Mm -hmm. Human beings are created by God. So are lions, so are zebras, so are hippopotamuses, so are trees, so are canaries, so are beluga whales. <laughs> They're all created by God. And they have a natural way of doing things whether you talk, whether it's because of evolution or because of the fall, whatever it is, this is the way these things work. For the religious guys, there's a supernatural way of doing things. Meaning that if you're Christian, the Holy Spirit empowers you to live a righteous life. But the natural man does not do what is the right thing to do. The natural man does what he feels. And a natural man does what feels most natural to him. When people are talking about behavior, they have to realize that a lot of behavior that we're ascribing to is supernatural behavior. Meaning that you have to instruct people to behave in this manner. Mm -hmm. But if you let people... <clears throat> Be natural, they're going to behave this way. I say all that because the things that Kevin, the things that Andrew Taylor is now talking about, and many people have talked about, is 100% true. Is 100% true. But there's a lot of nuance to it. But it is true that in the natural sense, you look through human history, yeah. <clears throat> the men at the top have multiple women. I'm going I'm to I'm share two things. I don't want to spend too much time on my intro. <laughs> but most people know the story of yeah, Adam. on your dreams nightmare right <laughs> now. <laughs> most people know the story about Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Keep out of the garden. He had a child, Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel. <clears throat> Adam and Eve have a child named Seth. And then in Genesis chapter 4, after Cain killed his brother Abel, it says, 
Cain knew his wife, and she bore Enoch. Enoch bore Erad. Erad bore Mahuiel. Hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> Mahuiel, um, father Methushel, Methushel, father Lamech. And in verse 19, read what it says about the Lamech. Just the first sentence, Joe. <laughs> and Lamech took two wives. From the beginning, the guys at the top took multiple women. Israel, the country is named after the forefather Jacob. Jacob had two wives, Leah and, and, and Rachel. And Rachel. Yeah. David, Solomon, biblically speaking, this is what it is. What's interesting enough, going back to biblically speaking, is that in Deuteronomy chapter 17, before Moses was about to die because he couldn't go to the promised land and he was giving the people a message, he gave a message to kings. And in Deuteronomy 17, he, they actually, Moses actually said kings should not take multiple wives. He actually gave a command, and we'll talk about that later as well. He said kings should not take multiple wives. But even after that command, David, a man known after God's own heart, still did it. Mm. Solomon, known to be the wisest man ever, still did it. So these, these are guys who are like close intimacy with God. Kings of God's people who did it. What in the world do you expect? <laughs> what in the world do these women expect from the non-religious guy? Mind you, the, 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 the God-fearing guy is trying his best to, to live according to mm -hmm. his supernatural divine nature, not live according to his natural fleshly nature, but he's still doing it. <laughs> what do you expect from these non-religious guys, from these natural world guys? This is the way it has always been introduction to the book <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts joe man so <clears throat> i think there's a few things i think about man um the the very first thing that i think about is what what are you communicating in the relationship right so if, if you are a guy who's at that level and let's be clear right because this is a very specific guy. Like, 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 like that, that, that's, that, that's a thing that doesn't get talked about a lot. Like, all, all these guys are saying, like, oh, well, I'm a man. I can. Bro, you, you're not even making enough to be having and, and this, start, this conversation. Start for jumping right? in real quick. Yeah. Even for people who talk about Islam. First, Islam caps it at four wives. Yeah. And you can't get another one until you've taken care of the first one. Yeah. So for all the broke dudes, all the yeah, dudes who don't, yeah, can't yeah, take yeah. care of themselves, yeah. can't barely manage one woman, you don't get two. I don't like her to get another one. No, <laughs> yeah. that's not how it works. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> please, back so, to what so, you So like, like, that's the first yeah. thing is like, have awareness about 
like where you're even at in that income pool and the awareness about what type of guy you're at before you even start having trying to have that conversation mm -hmm. right because this is like a very specific subset of guys but the very first thing that comes to mind is like the communication in the relationship right so it's like if you're married or in, and you're in that situation like are you communicating these things up front with the woman that you're with mm -hmm. right because i think that alone changes the dynamics severely of what's actually going on because now if it's communicated up front and there's also an understanding of okay like i, I understand like every city that you go to this is what's happening there's an understanding there mm. the second thing I, I think about that's not oftentimes talked about is to to your point there is a level of of, of living according to the supernatural not your flesh because as a man you know, when you have a wife and you're of that level of means, the more that you give to your woman, the better that you treat your woman. It's it's actually very fascinating. The more you find women are willing to attach themselves to you and the piece of you is worth more than the whole. Mm. Because they're seeing what you're doing for your wife. And now it's it's like it's not even the whole that they need. It's a it's, it's really interesting. Mm. Right. It's just the piece. Yeah. So there, there's, there's that end that I think sometimes guys, guys deal with because now it's not even like they, they have all these qualifications. It's just like, just let me, mm. just, just the attachment. Yeah, bro. That first part was so powerful, man, because that's chapter one. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I want to get there before, and I want to mm -hmm. get back to the other point, but I want to stop at that point. The first reality of the matter with the conversation. Mm -hmm of you know these men cheat and we'll, t we'll we'll unpack it all yeah yeah <clears throat> and we'll and and like i said i'll, I'll explain it from a moral perspective i'm just talking about it from the mm -hmm. the the the, phys yeah. the the physical perspective the natural man perspective is that it's honesty in the activity mm -hmm. in islam do you understand i'm going to get more wives mm-hmm it is understood that is what she's agreed upon, whether she's voluntarily agreed. Yeah, has a whole yeah, other yeah, conversation, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's understood. My problem with guys is the deception mm -hmm. and the intentional mm -hmm. wrongdoing. So many layers to this conversation. Like I said, talk about these things for hours. We're giving them a little sample. <laughs> I Adultery to me is this junk drawer word for any sexual activity outside of your, your covenant of marriage. And there's a lot of different phases of that or parts of that. I consider cheating and affairs two different things. Mm -hmm. Cheating to me is one-off things, you're on vacation, like kind of what happened to Kevin Hart, right? On vacation with the boys, you got too drunk, someone, t you know, girl came to you, you're out of your, your senses, you made a mistake. That, that was honest to God, he wasn't trying to do evil, he was in a bad place at a bad time, any mm -hmm. guy, myself included, could fall victim of that. But then there's the, the, the affairs, and there's two levels of that, right? There, there, there is the guy who's going out to Vegas, telling him, like, oh, we're not going to do anything tonight, we're just going to hang out, who's going mm -hmm. out to slang everything, come home, we didn't do it, I didn't do it, I was just at, mm -hmm. we were just at the hotel, straight up lying, Mm -hmm. And then there's a guy who has that the, the pretty woman, Julia Roberts, in the penthouse while he has a wife and be like, yo, I'm about to go to work. The Donald Drapers of the mm -hmm. world. 
That is deceptive. Yeah. <laughs> and what and what is understood is that no culture ex- has accepted that kind of promiscuity. What people are doing today, that's not accepted. You just being a married guy and just going around and taking advantage of people and being deceptive and going to places, hiding your wedding ring and doing all like that's deception. That's not what they were doing of old. There was even according to the natural man's behavior, we're not monkeys. There's still order to our natural yeah, behavior. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, you want multiple here. You there's concubines if you're a king, but those are yours. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's all clear and honest. My problem with the conversation is the dishonesty, which I find cowardice. Because to me, a masculine man is like um, what Aubrey Marcus was when I met him. Yo, I'm going to have other women. This is how I am. This is what's going on. It's what Charlie Hal- Hal- um, Halpert, Halpert, I'm sorry, Charlie, from Charisma Command said mm-hmm. he was doing. I was honest and upfront. Hey, I like other women. You can't have anybody else, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to. If, if you're like you say, if you're yeah, honest yeah. and you're upfront, that's one thing. I think the promiscuity is a little bit of a problem mm-hmm. still, because I think multiple wives is a different conversation than just promiscuity and the concubines is a whole different conversation. But what is going on today that guys are saying, oh, men have always no, 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 no. Because the men who were doing these mm-hmm. things, they were, there was a lot of wrongdoing here. What Genghis Khan was doing was wrong. Genghis Khan pulled up to the village. I want your wife. I'm Genghis Khan. That's how he freaking populated Asia. You know what I mean? He wasn't this Mac Daddy ain't girl. Come over here. Nah. He's kicking down the front yeah. door. <laughs> you are out. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So, so to me, I think there's, there's the main part that guys don't talk about if you were going to, if you're Islamic and mm-hmm. it's part of the religion. Or if, yeah. It, it's first the honesty mm-hmm. that I don't see occurring and the deception and thinking that deception is part of masculinity, I think is a huge lie. And and another thing I'm going to add to that, and just as you talk, I think about it, is do you have the management level skills to not only manage the relationships that come from that, but the potential kids that come from that? Are you the type of man that can still manage all of the children, actually be able to pour into them and grow them as necessary, right? As functioning members of society without them hating you. Because that's another thing, right? Like, because if, if you're a guy, yeah, you might be successful, but you're having all these children all over the place, but you're not managing the situations that you're now creating. That's another thing that I think has to get talked about, right? Because, if it, it, you know, now you're, you're, you're growing children that are hating you. Imagine what that's doing to them from a developmental perspective, yeah. right? And if you aren't a man who can manage that, then, again, that's a conversation that has to be had. Of like, you may not need to partake in that because there is responsibility that also comes with doing these things, mm-hmm. especially when it's outside the marriage and especially if you procreate. Mm-hmm. Outside the marriage, right? Like these are all things that have to get. Um, I think that 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 have to be said and have to be talked about. Mm. Man, leads me to chapter two, the responsibility. 
and I, and I might be juggling some of these ideas, so bear with me. Biblically speaking, like I said, David did it, Solomon did it, many kings did mm-hmm. it. <clears throat> God gave strict commands through Moses against this, and I'm going to read something. So, like I said, in Deuteronomy chapter 17, is Moses' farewell address. The people about to enter the promised land, he can't go inside because of the decisions that he made. So he's given the people instructions, and he talks about kings. So first and foremost, he says, you shouldn't have a king. They still, but you, you shouldn't have one, but you're going to ask one, you can get one anyway, right? That's <laughs> what he says at the end. He says about the king, and he, the king, shall not acquire many wives for himself, lest his heart turn away from God. So he says the king should not take many wives because it can lead his heart to be turned away from God. Mm. And what you see in the book of first Kings, when we go to the story of Solomon at the end of his life, it says this Solomon, Solomon had in verse in first Kings chapter 11, verse three had 700 wives who were princesses. And 300 concubines. This man was wild. Crazy. And it says, read the last sentence in verse 3 for the people, Joe. Just so people know I'm not making this up. <laughs> he had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. Exactly. And his wives turned away his heart from God. There's so many layers to that. Mm. Remember, Moses said it like hundreds of years ago. The king shouldn't get multiple wives because his wife will turn his heart away from God. The attention. Bingo. The attention. The attention. Yeah. And this is the layer of a religious rule that actually has practical implications. Let's just take it from a perspective. You have one person to take care of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that person gets your attention. You have two. They both get your attention. Three, four, five, ten, twenty, five hundred, one thousand like Solomon. So what happens on one end is that the guy's attention gets pulled in so many different directions, Hmm. dealing with so many different women and their emotions and their beliefs and their worldviews. You know, the, the girls who are the streetwalkers, they're a lot of times free spirits. They might be into a little bit of Ouija. They might be into a little bit of witchcraft. If you dealt with enough free spirits, you know yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Might have a little smudge here and there. <laughs> might have that whole little... You know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so what people don't realize <laughs> is, like, you're, it, it deters you from God just because it deters you from responsibility. Yeah. As much as people were saying, oh, Genghis, all these guys had, but how were they doing it? They were literally taking a woman, getting her pregnant, and leaving. No, that was irresponsible. In Islam, you can't do that. That's wrong. You can't just have a kid and don't take care of it. That's what Genghis Khan and all the, the pharaohs were doing. So there's this idea where, like you said, from a managerial perspective, mm-hmm. 
If you, going back to how so many of these guys take this the wrong way, if you are a single guy who can barely manage his time now, what are you doing wanting to juggle five women? And that's what holds so many guys back. They don't realize it, bro. You're, you have a purpose. You have a destination. You have a desire. You have these goals. You have these ambitions. But you're juggling one, two, three, ten women. And then you wonder why you can't get anything accomplished. And then you wonder why you didn't make it to the league. And then you wonder why your business isn't taking off. And you wonder why you didn't make it in the music industry. Duh. Yeah. And, and you, know, you know what else, too, that I think about, fees is when you open yourself up to that much variety, imagine how hard it is to stay consistent in the other areas of your life. Right, because uh, again, you you have you you crave so much variety. Now, how do you even manage most relation? Because everything becomes so expendable, mm-hmm. and that's I think another fear that uh, again, if you're not careful, can happen for a lot of guys. Mm. Because if you're in this position where you can switch up every city that you go, you have the best in every city that you go. They're able to pull up via text, DM, ver- you, you know what I mean. There's this idea where you start training your mind to constantly have this variety. Now it's even harder for you to pair have these meaningful relationships because it's like everything's fleeting. And, and the only thing that gives you the thrill is the first time. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, like, how do you, how do you build mm. from that? Like, legacy-wise, right? How do, you, how do you manage that? And, again, like Solomon, like, you know, where's your heart turning away because of that, mm. you, you know what I mean? Where's it going? You know, are you, are you really focused now? Are you really, are you really locked in? Because, you know, and that's a funny thing, you know, regardless of what you may say, that's, I think that, that is why when you're looking at a lot of these, these top guys, there is something to be said about them. At least ha- they have a wife usually. Yeah. Right? Because there is structure to a certain degree mm-hmm. that I think comes with that. And albeit, even if you are choosing to step out, these are things that you have to consider on the other side as precautions and also warning labels of whether you're in a position to handle it from an emotional standpoint, from a managerial standpoint, uh, communication, are you communicated? Like, th- there's all these different layers that are just like... <laughs> that aren't really talked about when, when people are making these blanket kind of statements. Mm. And I'll continue to my, one of my second favorite books outside of the Bible, The Way to Superior Man. Hey, <laughs> facts. Yeah, facts. And David Data, one of my favorite <laughs> chapters, chapter 26, you will often want more than one woman. Talks mm. about it himself. Yeah. He says this, any man with a masculine sexual essence will desire sexual variety. Even if he loves his intimate partners completely committed to her, he will naturally want sexual occasions with other women besides his chosen intimate partner. How a man deals with his desire for other women is up to him. He should know, however, that there is no way to avoid such desires. He should also know that acting on such desires, though temporarily enlivening and exhilarating, often, this is the most powerful part, often ends up complicating his life far more than the occasion itself is worth. Mm. 
He should also know that acting on such desires often ends up complicating his life far more than the occasion itself is worth. Mm. That's exactly what you're talking about. It complicates your life. Tiger Woods mm. complicates your life. Jeff Bezos complicates your life. You do it, you do it, but it complicates your life. And that's something that is not talked about. Like I said at the beginning, Kevin, Andrew, all people talk about this. Do guys do this? Yes, they do. They have from the beginning of time. Almost every culture of guys, they're doing it. Freaking Boris Johnson, the prime minister of freaking UK that recently stepped down, you look at his track record, he was a wild guy. Wild. <laughs> wild. He did it. Bill, Bill Clinton, he did it. Complicated. Complicated your life. And so to me, this is something where it goes back to you can, quote-unquote, in the natural world, but is it worth your greater purpose? And that's what I love about what David Data talked about in The Way to Superior Man, because he was saying, he, was, he wasn't saying, because he comes from a non-Christian perspective, but he wasn't saying don't do it because women are shaming you. No, is it benefiting your life? And for a lot of guys at the top, it's not benefiting their life. Because I've asked the question, what if instead of managing 17 women or 10,000 women, like I said, Will Chamberlain did, you were just managing one. Imagine how much greater of a player we could have had. If instead of having all his attention here, 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 everywhere, it was just locked in. And so to me, I think the, the, the conversation it's about the successful men cheating is it has evolved to an excuse to promote male promiscuity and that's never been good in society mm -hmm. so multiple wives which i still believe causes additional problems turns your heart away it's another conversation but it's something that a lot of men don't realize it complicates things it does <laughs> it just does if you, if you know cultures with multiple wives, you know how the women get. The jealousy, mm. the anger, the frustration. Why are you always spending the night there? The, 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 the potential competitions. The, oh, that's not, his, that boy can't stay here. That's my son. He don't, it's, it's so much. And so to me, inheritance. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have a story to tell you about that. For real. You die. You have all your women, all the, all the kids come together. How do you split it up? Who gets what? Oh, actually, I actually love that wife the most. She gets everything. Screw you, other 17. World War III. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it happen. So to me, I think these are things. Guys, have guys do it? Yes. Will guys do it? Yes. These are things that are true, but it complicates men's lives. Mm. And, I, and I also want to add to the women who are watching this, mm -hmm. 
in my personal opinion, if you're not a traditional religious woman, this is this is my flagrant take. <laughs> if you're not a traditional uh, religious woman, mm-hmm. you have no authority to stand on to expect your highly successful man to be monogamous. Because that there, there is no moral argument from a, a, a natural humanist perspective mm-hmm. to why he would do that. In regards to him lying about not being monogamous, that's that's you can have a moral argument for that. But there is, in my opinion, no moral argument from the non-religious, non-traditional, modern woman perspective to expect her man to do that. And another spicy take, because wh- while we're here... Hey, just empty the clip, man. If <laughs> you are a public woman, you get a public relationship. Oh, yeah. No, that's real. And that's something people don't talk yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. They, oh, that's true. You want to you <laughs> jump into this Bro, one? Yeah, yeah, man. I, I, I think that, oh, that's such a good take, man. And it's sad, right? Because, like, I know a lot of women that um, in, incredibly smart, right, um, incredibly well-read, but have put themselves in this position to where they've led with everything but that, mm-hmm. right? They've put themselves in a position where they, they've done the OnlyFans, they, they've, they've gotten naked on the Internet, they've done all these things, which is, which is their prerogative. Yeah. But when you, when you put yourself in this position publicly, the only type of guy who now you will end up matching up with who would generally be okay in most situations with that is a public guy. A hundred percent. Because that would be the only person who would be nonchalant enough to not have a level of care for the woman that he's with. Mm-hmm. And there's this idea that I, I think some some women get in these these public situations where at the end, they think that they will oftentimes match with the private guy. Never in a bajillion. The, the guy that's not on Instagram, just shit like. No. And and to be honest, that almost never, never happens. You are incompatible <clears throat> with the traditional private man. Mm. You are in. Think about all the guys in the standard who we know. Because we know these guys. Yeah. We can pull them out our Rolodex. Their values, man. The values yeah. you are incompatible to. They cannot bring mom, you home to mom. Mom types your name on Google, and it says Pornhub as the first link that pops up. Trying to bring up. them to a charity dinner. Like, <laughs> it's just like, bro. Oh, and and so to that yeah. point, we they don't talk about that enough. Because I do know women who are only fans of the porn stars who are married. But best believe their marriages are public. Yeah. Their husband belongs to everybody as she belongs to everybody. <laughs> she belongs to the street. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. So that's, if that's the, the deal you guys have, hey, that's the deal you guys have. But for you to believe that you're going to be public, you know, dressing half naked, showing everything to everybody, everybody can already, already seen the inside of your small intestines. And then for you to expect a successful man who's non-religious, non-traditional guy to say, you know what? I have all these other women around me and I have all these opportunities. I'm used to having sex with thousands of women my whole life. I'm, I'm, I'm vanilla. I just want you now. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, I, and that's a part of the conversation that is uncomfortable for the women. 
Because, like I said, if you are a traditional religious woman and you have religious values, let's say you're a Christian mm-hmm. woman and maybe not more, or maybe a, a different sect of Islam or a, Jew, a Jewish woman, and, and it's agreed upon, if he's proactively doing that, then you have an argument because those are not the values you guys agree to. Yeah, and, and I, you know, it's always interesting because I think the knee-jerk reaction sometimes when, when women hear things, especially in regards to what they feel as guardianship of their body or how they're dressing, it's like, oh, it's, 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 it's misogynistic. Or, and th- there's two things I have to say that. The first thing is you can't police what is attractive to the opposite sex. So, for instance, if a woman says she wants a certain height, if she wants a certain level of income, if she wants... I can't police their level of attraction for men. Mm. It's not my job. Yep. The only thing that I can do is measure myself up with those standards and see if I want to play that game. Yeah. That's, that's the first thing. The second thing, oftentimes, that I think about, especially when it comes to situations like these, is... Women sometimes, I think, are a little disingenuous in these situations when they hear things like this, right? Because they're like, oh, well, I can't take pictures. Let me paint the picture. You're telling me that if a guy you were with went on Instagram, gray sweatpants, and consistently started posting gray sweatpants pictures, right? Print showing, whatever it may be, Right? And then had a girl comment underneath his picture, purple eggplant emoji, hard eyes, right? (laughs) If that guy were to then go on live and be like, oh my gosh, you guys are perverts. All you care about is this. No one talks about my... That would be seen as a little disingenuous because you as a woman would probably say, well, you put on this, Mm. showcasing this, why are you surprised at the reaction? Yeah. Let's give another example. Guy goes online, right? Just got out the gym, posting a picture with a shirt off, abs. Girl posts another hard eyes, right? Tongue drool out emoji. Mm-hmm. Body OMG. Guy gets offended. Mm. <laughs> Is that all you think of me? <laughs> are you Is all you can see my body? Right? There would be... Women would probably view that as a little disingenuous. Yeah. And I think for a lot of men, right, all that we're saying is when these situations happen on the flip side, and then there is a comment like, why are you always talking about that? It can be seen as disingenuous. Because if it was flipped, Mm -hmm. right, there would be a little bit more scrutiny about a guy complaining about these things if he's leading with that. You know, because if you dress up as a fireman, if somebody asks you to, you know, put a fire out mm. and you say, no, I'm not a fireman, I'm a policeman. <laughs> there is going to be a certain level of confusion there. Yeah. No. And I think what all that made me think about is just the honesty and clarity and the disingenuousness that plagues so many people today. And I think the same way a man, men don't want women to be disingenuous, just the way you described. Men also do not need to be playing these games also. 
And I love what you brought up because I think that's something that a lot of people, you, you understand what time of day it is. Let's put it out on the table. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, you want to you wanna date Chris Brown? You know what time of day it is. Put it out on the table. You, you are putting your, these pictures out on the internet for everyone to see? I know what time, let's put it out on the table. And so to me, with these conversations, it's a really about honesty, about the way the world works. There is a supernatural way the world should be. And you want to argue that we should aspire to that? Of course. We're not, we never said something was right or wrong here. We didn't mm-hmm. condone any behavior here. Mm-hmm. We're just letting you know this is how the way the world is. But we should always be called to the way the world should be. But we also want to make it clear that there is transparency when hypocrisy is experienced and mm-hmm. called out. When King David was wiling with Bathsheba, Nathan called him out. So I think even to your point, there's a disconnect when someone's doing something that's disingenuous, people call them out and then they want to get mad. No. Call it for what it is. You did something wrong, call it for, this is not ideal, call it for what it is. And I'll close with this. I thought about this in regards to successful men cheating and all those things that guys, people would say. Here is my problem, my personal problem with a lot of that. And I describe it as the ice cream shop. (laughs) What's your favorite ice cream? Salted caramel. Salted caramel. Mine is vanilla. Yeah. Plain guy. We're at an ice cream shop. All you and I want is our own ice cream cone. You want the salted caramel. I want my vanilla. He wants his strawberry. He wants his orange sherbet. He wants his cookies and cream. All we want mm-hmm. is our one ice cream cone. We go, we go to the store first thing in the morning. We're waiting in line. And there's a guy who beat us to it. He's here first. Cool, no problem. It's not for everybody. The guy pulls up to the counter. Huh, what flavor is that? <laughs> oh, that's vanilla. Takes his hand. Shh. Huh, not bad. What flavor is that? Oh, that's salted caramel. Shh. <laughs> huh, what flavor is that? Orange sherbet. Oh. He's going crazy. Goes through the whole entire store. My question is, Joe, he gets to the end. Oh, I just wanted to test it out. I didn't want to buy anything. He leaves. You still want that salted caramel? Oh. You still Uh. want that orange (laughs) shirt? You still want the cookies and cream? After that man man done put his hands all over and messed it up and damaged that ice cream? Mm-hmm. Then he wipe his hands. Didn't even wipe his hands. Still got residue from the salted caramel on the orange sherbet. What are you doing, man? That doesn't even, matter. That doesn't even make any sense. Mm. This is what the successful guys do that we need to call out. <laughs> Stop going around and damaging the ones that people actually want. <laughs> Why 
God damn, I like I like I, it. I just wanted one. I actually <laughs> wanted to buy it. I actually wanted to have vanilla. I didn't oh just want to try it out. Gosh, you, you already have <laughs> so you already have a bunch of ice cream at home. You came to the store and tested oh it all out. God. Now we can't have any. You got the whole box Bro, sitting at the crib. Whole box at the crib. Some still unopened. Some are still unopened. What that is symbolic of, which is why promiscuity is frowned upon, is some of these guys go out and damage with women with the lies, with the deceit, with, with the, oh, uh, I don't have a wife. Uh, oh, my gosh, you had a wife. All these men are cheating. All these men are dogs. I have to love you. To, like, they, 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 they go out and they damage them. And then when the guys who actually want to be married come along, they have all this damage. It's one thing not condoning it. So it also happened in the Bible with, with Israel, a.k.a. Jacob. There are street walkers who, who that's their jobs. They don't mind being the flavor of the, of the week. But when you're going to the innocent girls and lying and deceiving and hurting them, that's what's wrong. That's the problem. So to me, when guys are like, yeah, the, the successful men, the successful men, I'm like, yo, do you not know if he was free to do whatever he wants in your town, you, all it's the girls you want, it's a wrap? <laughs> if you unleash the futures and the drakes in your town, do you know you're not getting anything? Oh, my God. So there's also this level of moral responsibility for the well-being of society that the successful man needs to care about. not And so a lot of the successful men, yeah, they do it because they're selfish. Because what's also interesting in that Deuteronomy chapter 17 passage was that God also said, don't acquire large amounts of gold and silver. Why? Because if you're accumulating all this wealth, you're hoarding the wealth from your people. Hoarding the women, hoarding the wealth. You're being selfish. We talk about all the time in the, the standard. Yo, give assists. Don't just worry about scoring. Give. But so what ends up happening is that a lot of these guys go about and they do these things. And then all these guys are celebrating and cheering and, one, and then they're complaining, oh, this girl doesn't want me. She, she didn't want to. Uh, yeah. If, if maybe if he had more discipline and he didn't run through your whole entire town, she would be content with a guy like you. So there's also this destabilization of society that the successful men have been doing from the beginning of time, right? Mm-hmm. It's been going on. And then even to the argument, people were like, well, it's actually, well, that's not true because there's more women than men. No, there's not. Look it up right now. Type in world population, female to male. It is 101 males, so 100 females. Look up birth gender distributions. There's 105 boys born to every 100 girls. What happens later on is that around the age of 35, 40, men start dying off. That's why in places like the United States and a lot of places why there, there may be more males, um, um, women. women than men in general. But <clears throat> under the age of 30, it's, that, there's, it's more guys. Even in the black community, you'd be surprised. Even with the with the black men being misrepresented today, to look at black men under the age of twenty—I mean, African Americans under the age of twenty-five—male to female ratio. Pew Research has, has documentation on it. 
And so to me, there's a moral responsibility as men to do what's best for society. We're not perfect. Nobody here and the standard is perfect. I want to make that 100% clear. We tell the guys all the time, being the standard mm -hmm. is a pursuit, not a destination. That's marked by progress, never perfection. We will never be perfect. There is, there, there, unfortunately, mm -hmm. things happen. We don't go out trying to sin, but we sin. We fall short. Like the Kevin Hart situation. Kevin Hart's an amazing man. He fell short. Things happen. But there is a moral responsibility as men to do what's best for society, best for the children, best for the young generation. And in my opinion, that is not that. Have men been doing it from the beginning of time? Of course. Has that been a norm? Of course. But sometimes it's time to set new norms that progress society forward. Yeah. That's what I have to say, generally speaking, about successful men being able to cheat. Pepe soup. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, any closing message you got for the people? Man, I, I think the, the biggest thing is, is, number one, community. If you're a man and you don't have a community, if you don't have a group of guys that you can have discord with, mm. right, uh, uh, guys that you can have fellowship with, guys that are going to push you to do more, be more, have more, guys that are going to create a safe space for you to have conversations like these, mm -hmm. you need to go out there and get it, man, because you're doing yourself a major disservice, not only you know by not raising your awareness to where your standards really are, but also by not getting around guys who are going to push you, man. And more than that, keep you accountable. So, uh, again, man, I'm so excited with what we're building. But if you're a guy that's watching this and does not have that, you need to either A, find it, or B, once we go live, right, you need to join the community. You need to get plugged in and you need to get tapped in um, into what we're doing. Because, man, when I tell you it's powerful. Talking to these guys, man, being on the calls with them, you know, seeing the other guys handle these masterclass Mondays, pulling up to the seminars, pulling up to the events, having the experience weekends, man. These things are um, are powerful. And I, I just want more guys who don't have something like this to be able to experience it. I love it. I love it. Gentlemen, hey, as Joe said, community, if not here, find it somewhere. We don't care where you go. Just find a group of men that you can link arms with. But if you are a guy and you feel like you want to be here, you want to connect, you want to tap in with the Haymaker suit, or you just want to join a membership or even get one of our foundational suits, link in the description below, theaffluentstandard.com. We're officially live. As you guys know, when it's sold out, it's gone. So take advantage of it while you can. Thank you so much for your time. I hope we added value and helped you out in life. My name is Hafiz. I'm joined by the one and only Joseph Hans. Thank you guys so much and have a great day.